There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. That really is the weather I adore. Cool, crisp, dry, bright sunny days. That's the way it should be at this time of the year. Welcome to the show. Do your heart good, the sunshine, wouldn't it today? And no rain, isn't it just fabulous? Hope it continues. I think it will on the East Coast here. We'll have a nice weekend as well ahead. Thank you for joining us. You'll need this number, 086-1800-658. That's the WhatsApp or text number. I have a TV theme today, and I'll tell you this, it's going to test all your metals. I promise you, it's coming up on the show before 2 o'clock today. It is timely, but it's going to test you, I promise you. And I have a lovely prize to give to one of you as well. Now, we begin the show today on the World Cup theme. It kicks off on Sunday in Qatar and look, controversy has followed this World Cup from the day it was announced that it would be in Qatar many years ago. And really even today we hear now um, in relation to alcohol that none is going to be sold in the vicinity of stadiums. There was an agreement in place that there could be alcohol because remember, drinking alcohol in public is totally banned in Qatar but they were going to allow that. The fan zones you could drink in in the peripheries, around the peripheries of the stadium, that is gone now. So it's a moving feast even as we speak with the kickoff imminent. I'm joined now on the show by Adam Kane. He's PRO and captain of Dublin Devils Football Club who cater for members of the LGBTQ plus community. Afternoon, Adam. Thank you for joining me on the show. No worries, Jerry. Thanks for having us. Not at all. First, for our listeners here in LMFM, tell us about your club. How long is the club in existence? Where do you play out of and how many members, etc. have you? Yeah, so um, the club was founded in 2005. So it started off with um, a small group of gay men just looking to have a kickabout. Um, and, you know, as the years have gone on, things have picked up. And, you know, 17 years later, so we have a competitive 11 side team playing in the uh, in the local UCFL league and in the gay football football and supporters network uh, cup as well that's along with like other uh, LGBT uh, Q plus teams in the UK as well so we we play them in the cup tournament and it does be great um, and then we have our social side as well so people that you know who, ha- who, ne- who haven't played football at all in their lives or who have played a, you know a lot and just want to take it easy and um, we offer different kickabouts for them indoor and outdoor across the city um, and in terms of our members so you know 
we're, we're obviously the Dublin Devils, so we're based in Dublin, but like we've members uh, from across the country, you know, people that are, you know, are up in Dublin for work and, mm. and stuff like that. So um, there's probably more people from <laughs> outside of Dublin than, <laughs> than, than yes. Dublin as well. But yeah, um, and we, we, we play in the Phoenix Park as well. Um, and yeah, the, the club has over 100 plus members as well. So yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's great, great organisation, great, organization, great club. And, and it's for men and women now. It started off for men, but both. Um, both, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're welcome. We're welcome to to, to, to anyone. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Very good. And are you? Do you ever uh, come under the auspices of the FA, FAI in this country, or is that a factor for you? Um, so you know, um, pre, 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 uh, previously with the FAI, um, we've we reached out to them on you know inclusion and you know LGBTQ plus inclusion because there isn't anything in place for uh, LGBTQ plus people um, within uh, football. So um, we, we've reached out to them in the past, and, and unfortunately, things haven't gone you know, uh, well, where we'd want things to go. Mm. But um, you know, at the moment, we're we're going to be reaching out to them in the next couple of weeks, okay. um, to you know, to revisit that because you know we had we had we had a plan in place for recommendations for football clubs and for the FEI to implement. So hopefully, we can revisit that, especially given you know everyone everyone talking about the World Cup. Yes. I think that, you know it's at the forefront of our mind. Yeah, it's a good time. It's timely for you now to revisit this for sure. So. It's on. It's kicking off on Sunday. Will you be watching? Um, yeah. So I, I, I personally will be watching. Um, you know, I would be. I'm watching it with far less interest um, than I would normally. Um, I think it's clear that the hype isn't there in terms of you know, like it, it, the social issues and the issues with the country have become a massive distraction for it. Um, you know, the coverage is it's all about the social issues, and then even amongst like dedicated football football media like Sky Sports News and stuff like that, it's just. We're not talking about the football, really, mm. um, and 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 I think you know, and just as a matter of principle, I've, I just I'm not, I, I'm, I probably wouldn't be watching it too much, but like I, I will be watching some of the matches. But there are plenty of members in the Dub Devils that won't be watching it, and I think it's a personal decision. It, it, it's probably a bit unfair to put the moral uh, burden on fans, you know, yeah. not just you know, you know, all football fans not to watch it, but um, like it only comes around once, you know, once every four years. So you know, like it, people are going to watch it, you know, mm. but. Um, it, it's, it's not. It's not the way to move the dial on LGBTQ plus inclusion. There's other ways, uh, as I mentioned, in, like you know, with the FBI, with policies and stuff like that, that mm. we can try and you know work on stuff like that at home as well. Yeah. So you're not you're you're leaving it up to everybody. Everyone makes a personal decision. You're saying here, and even for you know the general public, I, I've been hearing different viewpoints as well. You would, you're not criticising anyone who who would watch it or, or enjoy it or anything like that by any means. Oh no, absolutely not. No, as I, as I said, like it, it, it's not fair to put the moral board on on on, on fans. And, and as I said myself, I'm, I'd be watching it. And like if people don't want to watch it, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. Like you know, as in they're you know they're dead right, and I, I admire them for doing it. But as, like you know, we're, all, we're we're football fans, and you know it is the flagship tournament at the end mm. of the day. And you know it's you know we, I will be watching it. So, but as mm. I said, it won't be not as keen as yes. the tournament. Yes. You know? Well, sure. I see it myself. I've been watching it. I'm a, I'm a massive uh, sports fan, all sports, but soccer would be considered my number one sport. And you're right. It's a, it's a festival every four years and to be enjoyed. But the mistake, as you know, I don't have to remind you, was made when it was awarded all those years ago. They knew, you know, at that stage, you know, they, surely they knew what was coming down the, the tracks. Yeah, well, this is it. But uh, like, it, you know, it was twelve years ago. It was awarded, and yeah. um, you know, like it's, it, it's been yeah, it, it's been it's been good issues ever since. But um, yeah, like it, it's it's it, you know, I probably can't really comment too much on FIFA, but I think we all know that you know, there was a lot of dodgy stuff, you know, dodgy dealings that that, that like you know that made this World Cup mm. place in Qatar. 
Mm. Um, so, look, you know, as I said, like, it's happened, you know, it's not going to be stopped. It's, it's, it's going as planned on, on Sunday. Um, albeit now, as, as you mentioned, the ban on beer and stuff like that, um, I think that's a massive red flag. Um, not for, like, about the beer itself, but I think the fact that it sends a signal that any guarantees or reassurances yeah. You know, what will or won't be out of the, at the World Cup, they're not really worth the paper they're written on. Mm. They say, and I've, I've, I've heard the Qatari and, uh, people in government saying everybody's welcome, everybody, they said across the board, but you must uh, obey the laws of the land, so to speak, in Qatar. And they have their laws. And you will hear other people saying, you know, they're entitled to have their laws. And if you go there, you got to respect their laws. Similar to if somebody came to our country, uh, we have laws here, what what do you say in response to that when you hear that? Um, like, see the, the 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 issue that I'd have with that is, you know, like the, the FIFA president and various different representatives, you know, of the Qatari government, of the people who are working on the World Cup in Qatar, have said, you know, everyone's welcome. Um, you know, anyone can come here. You know, and all, like in the same in the same yeah sentence, they're 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 also saying what you mentioned there, but they are saying that everyone is welcome, but. As I said, with, with, um, with um, the the U turn on the alcohol thing, mm. I think that you know, like, there's just they don't really have much credibility really now in what they're saying because if they're saying one thing and doing another right for the tournament, like, you know, I wouldn't I don't think it's safe for LGBTQ plus fans like to be over there, um, like not like not that there would be many probably going in anyways, but mm. I think um, I think you know we can't really take them at their word now considering what they've done just there um, earlier today. Yeah, you say, you know, that's a last minute thing on the stadium alcohol and uh, the goalposts, uh, to use that word, so often used in, in uh, soccer and other sports have moved even as late as today. I, I, I've been watching this morning and uh, the feedback coming from Qatar is uh, already, you know, ahead of a World Cup kickoff, there's generally throngs of fans, you know, arriving at the various destinations. And it is a small country, but there's a, a distinct absence of fans, you know, in numbers at this point in time. Do you believe that's a reflection of, you know, the the whole, uh, you know, the the cloud that is over Qatar and the World Cup? Well, exactly. You know, like I, like as I mentioned, the the hype isn't there for it's there for this World Cup. You know, um, you know, pretty, even with the with the Euros when I was in, you know, it was a uh, it was in you know different places in Europe. Um, only recently, you know, it was great. It was great as um great to just see different fans in different places and stuff like that and um. As you said, like it, it just isn't happening for this one, and I think it is because of you know the various issues that are surrounding it. Like you know, it's, it's from minute one, you know, people were were very aware of you know where it was being held, what you can and can't do, and then also even though they've been they gave the reassurances, like it's proven now, you know, there's no credibility to them, and it, it does seem there's a bit of a disconnect between FIFA and the organisers that are uh, and the people that are running Qatar because you know FIFA have now. Have, now have to deal with with it, with, it, with a sponsor loss yes. from Budweiser or yes. you know from, from mm. different different mm. things. So yeah, it's not ideal at all. You you mentioned a moment ago that it's not safe for LGBTQ plus people to go there. You really believe that? You wouldn't go yourself? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Not, not a chance. <laughs> and and you ha- are aware that. Uh, the Australian team a couple of weeks ago, the England the England team have come out, Wales, others as well, to say, you know, hold on a minute, we are going to make our point when we're over there. And their football associations have been telling them, listen, concentrate on the football, don't get involved in issues that surround football. 
But I, I, I'm sure there's going to be issues arising as the tournament uh, unfolds, e- even with players, despite the warnings. Would you welcome that, players uh, to make their point about uh, the, the, uh, their sexuality and, you know, the, the repression of uh, different aspects of sexuality? So, like, I think, you know, for, for this uh, particular um, tournament, I think, you know, the armband like, and, the, and the, wearing the pride colours is really nice. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think it's more important for statements and pride colours, uh, sorry, dance statements or pride colours, is, like, that the players, you know, go back to their clubs and their respective clubs and set an, exam- uh, an example in their dressing rooms so, like, players in the dressing room can feel comfortable to come out. Mm. You know, I, I, like, as you know, like, the top players they've more power than ever uh, before so I think they've a lot of influence and sway in that regard and like I think when, when they do go back you know to their, to their clubs you know they should work with LGBT people and groups and clubs within their communities and, and, and localities so they can encourage their clubs and sponsors you know to act um, on LGBTQ plus inclusion as well and also then for like fans in the, sta- fans in the stadiums that um, you know they strongly condemn any homophobic chance and should there be any Mm. So you want to see players carry this back into their clubs in the various countries and the leagues and make it a live issue there and a, a relevant issue through the season ahead when it resumes. Do, do you believe that the uh, the movement, the LGBTQ plus movement, m- some members might take an opportunity? To, I know you said you wouldn't go yourself, you feel it's dangerous to go there and maybe make a point in terms of a protest or do you think that's completely off the agenda because of its imp- the implications of the law out there? Yeah, I just I just think it's very unsafe um, for, for anyone to do so given the laws and given, you know, um, the repression that they have over there. Like, I think during the week we've seen, you know, there was a Danish TV um, mm. uh, station doing uh, coverage and they were pulled off the air literally by by um by the police because you're not allowed to film in 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 public over there so like there's a lot of repressive laws and i and i i'd be very worried personally um you know to go over and do any sort of form of protest i think you know it could be you know it could it could be quite dangerous mm. Well, it's all kicking off on Sunday and I have a feeling there'll maybe a few more things kicking off over the next month or so, but we'll watch this space with interest. I wish you well, Adam, with your own uh, campaign here in Ireland and your talks with the FAI and uh, good luck to you. 2005, you're going good, oh, you know, 17 years on. I wish you all well and thank you for uh, giving us your viewpoint about the World Cup today. Cheers. Thanks, Mel Jerry. Not Take at care. all. Take care. Bye bye. That's Adam Kane there, PRO and captain of Dublin Devils Football Club. Have you a view on the World Cup, on Qatar, and uh, all that's surrounding it? It's The news feeds are full of this today about uh, the uh, perimeters of the stadium, the drink ban, the alcohol ban there. Now, some people would welcome that, you know, and at times you, you do alcohol. And, and football fans, rival fans mix. You know, that's a valid point of view as well. But everyone enjoys a pint or two. I know myself when you're going to a match. What do you feel about the whole Qatari thing? Will you be watching the World Cup? Myself and Louise are picking our teams just to let you know a little bit later on. Great! I love TV. We watch TV. TV themes with Jerry Kelly on the Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV. 
Yes, it's a tough one today. Cast your minds back. That TV theme. What programme, what show am I talking about? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me your answers. And I have a nice prize to send out to one of you, as I mentioned, this very afternoon. Jerry, to be honest, I have no interest in the World Cup. So far, all I'm hearing about is the rainbow people and now drink. Well, <laughs> sure, whatever rocks your clock. If you have no interest, you'll not be watching. Thank you, Angela. I know Angela loves her garden. She says, I couldn't agree with you more, Jerry. I mentioned the lovely day it is. She's out enjoying the lovely dry day in the sunshine as well. And uh, there's a few more hours of that to be had. Now, moving on on late lunch this afternoon... I am delighted to say she is wide awake. Why do I say that? Because, you see, she's known as the insomniac gardener and she agreed to waking up this afternoon just for us. Rosie May, welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much, Jerry. I am awake. The problem is I can't get to sleep. <laughs> anyway, I know that. I know that. I know that. I'm having, I'm having a bit of a, I'm having a bit of fun and punning around your name because you know why. I want to ask you, where did the name come from? Actually, because I am an insomniac. Um, during the snow in 2018, um, I'm a bit of an obsessive gardener, and I couldn't get out into the garden. So a friend said, "Oh, just put up some photos of your garden on Facebook. It'll be lovely in the snow." And I said, sure, I'm not on Facebook. And she said, well, get on it. <laughs> so I did. And I was kind of saying Rosie's Garden. And, you know, I just didn't know what to call it. It all sounded a bit tree. So my husband just jokingly said, sure, you're an insomniac. The insomniac gardener. <laughs> Nobody else will have that. So I, I put it up like that. It's, and a- it's just... You know, so it's just something very simple, a joke. Yeah, really. yeah, but yeah. it's a fantastic name. It's catchy <laughs> and it, it tracks you. And you know what? Being in an insomniac, I can understand why you have the most marvellous, marvellous garden I've ever seen. Congratulations to yourself oh, and your you. husband. It is simply spectacular. Oh, thank you. It's a, it's a, I think I, in my little bio there, I write that it's a, a labour of love or perhaps mm. madness because you'd want to be mad, really. But, you know, it's great when you have... A, um, it's a hobby, really, yes. but it's become a little bit more than a hobby, actually, since I started this, this Facebook page. But it's just so... You know, it's all time-consuming, and um, I always used to say that you have to be careful what you wish for, yeah. because I grew up in Dunshockland, and it was... You know, I had there was a big garden there with my parents, and I'd lived in various houses all around Dublin and everything, and um, always wished for a big garden, and then... We found this in Mm. 2002, actually. So we just set about planting and we haven't stopped. I'm still at it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's in in the village of Slane, I want to tell listeners. It was an old house you took on there and and the gardens. When you arrived, was it all over the place? Um, Well, actually, it had been abandoned um, for probably about 40 years. Um, Mm. Our neighbours who owned it are actually still here. And I managed to get a bit of history from the the neighbours because I I love the history of it as well. Um, Started around 1791 and a view of the Hillips Lane and wonderful mature trees, which is is always, I mean, you can't, nothing added but time, as we had said, you know, you can't buy that. And a beautiful kind of borrowed landscape of the valley in front of us and then the Hillips Lane kind of rising up above us. Mm. Um, But not a plant to be seen. (laughs) I mean, mature trees and nothing else. And then in the February, I noticed a few snowdrops, which I was thrilled with, and then some bluebells. But apart from that, 
literally everything else we have planted over the, over the last 20 years. There's three of us really. It's Porik, myself and my friend Brida. Okay. So um, my friend Brida thankfully comes to help me because she's absolutely amazing. And my husband always uh, says he worries because he looks out the window sometimes and he sees the pair of us. And we might be standing you know, just on a patch of grass. And he said, he's looking behind us to see what we're we looking at. And then he realised, oh no, they're planning another flower bed. <laughs> but you're that, isn't that the joy of it? But you mentioned the trees, but your shrubs and your flowers. Just yeah. as, as interest, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fairly... Um, what would you say eager vegetable garden and I've been at the flowers now the last couple of years rooting around with a few things do you grow any food? I do and I've spent the last actually 19 years growing food and only this year I there's only two of us and my son uh, my husband and I and my son and he's gone off to college and there's only so much vegetables somebody can eat so um, I grow I've now switched the vegetable beds into um, I planted tulips then alliums and then dahlias. So there's kind of, mm. it's now transformed into the rather posh sounding cutting garden. Doesn't that sound nice? Lovely. But I, I actually still grow veg, but I have a polytunnel and I grow um, some potatoes. Always grow garlic. Garlic is fantastic. Mm. Uh, tomatoes, cucumbers and salad. Oh, good on um, you. Yeah, my, yeah. my garlic is up. I put it in containers. You know, I have a regular here with Nikki Kyle on the show yeah. and uh, yeah. I got I have the onion, you know, the, the white on the butter, the onion, the white rot yeah. thing. And if you, I've, I've struggled with my garlic that it comes to a point in spring and then you go out one day and the whole thing has just collapsed and you realise oh. it's destroyed. So this year I've gone for hopefully sterile compost in containers. Uh, Rosie, I was going so, to suggest that. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that. they're up. You know, I put them in a few weeks ago and with the mild weather, but they're peeping up already, you know. So, uh, but you're have right. You, have you a garden? Have you, like, have, even if you had an area where the, like, if you, the onion, if that onion rot is in, like, say, your veg beds, um, like, you can always plant the garlic in between perennials. Because yes. Because they look beautiful, and especially when they grow with the big, tall scapes. Right. kind of curl over you know the yes, garlic stick. yes yes and you know they, they don't they take up so little room as long as you kind of remember they're yes. there and then you just I mean you dig them up by July yeah um, and you know you could always stick a few annuals in, in, in the gap but um, you know if you wished to continue them in the ground but I did both last year um, you know that was I put the garlic in amongst the um, the tulips and the yeah. <laughs> the other things you know like the, the dahlias but then I planted just in case they didn't do I planted some in, in big long containers as well yeah. absolutely perfect they take oh. up such such a small yes you know, they do small, and that's the thing about yeah, and yeah. There, there's nothing like it fresh garlic to pick it from garden, no. the oil that comes out of it yes I have a little ca- polycarbonate tunnel and I have a greenhouse yeah. as well so I work between yeah. them and a couple of outdoor beds anyway back to you yeah. um you, you you write, I know, for the Irish Garden magazine. You open up your gardens to groups as well, just for um, just for garden groups and floral art groups and you know things, mm. things like that. Because basically, I couldn't open it all the time because I'm sure I'd never get anything done. I know. Um, so it was very funny though. The first time. Um, uh, a Highline bus pulled up at the door, and my husband turned to my son and said, "Oh my God, what's your mother got us into now?" And uh, <laughs> but it's just, do you know something? It's wonderful because. Um, you know, the people who come, obviously they're coming to a garden because they like gardening. And there'd be very few that, you know, would be on the bus if, or, you know, in a group of cars and stuff like that if they don't like gardening because mm. you're hardly going to. So basically it's it's kind of, you know, um, you, you've met your people, you've met, you know, you found your tribe. So when they yes. come, we're all talking about gardening. Mm. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, I'm lucky. Look, we've got a, a big garden. It's three acres. But I mean, I've gardened in tiny. We came from a tiny, tiny garden mm. in Clontarf. And which was just like a room, which was stuffed with plants. 
But I also believe that literally if you have a window box, you're a gardener. Because I, I, I do notice that when people come, they kind of say to me kind of sheepishly, well, I'm not really a gardener because I've only got a small mm. garden. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. You know, it's the love of it. It's the passion for it. And it's the, the interest, whether it's like some people just grow vegetables. They don't, they've no interest yes. in flowers at all. Mm. Uh, and vice versa, you know, so it's whatever floats your boat really in, in the gardening world. Mm. And that's a great thing. There's so many, like there's house plants. There's, you know, yes. you could just have your polytunnel and, you know, it's, mm. it's wonderful. Mm, it wonderful. is, it is. And I've yeah. been at it since I was a little fella. My dad gave yeah. me a packet of carrot seeds when I was about six years yeah. of age. Me and too. I've always been at it since, you know, and he yeah. gave me one of the loves, great loves of my life that, that he gave to me. And I've always been yeah. grateful to him for it. The, yeah. the the, um, the, the the year of the garden year, right, we're in November, we've had a shocking wet time and, you know, thank God, today mm-hmm. I was just saying it is gorgeous out there. Are you yes. in the garden all year round? Are you always, do you yes. go out every day? Absolutely, every day. Um, you know, and it doesn't actually matter the weather, you know, like, some, well, unless it's really lashing. And then, obviously, with, with the snow a couple of years ago, but you're, now if it snows, I'm running out with me phone to try and take some nice images you know and pictures because you know everything all the different weathers bring you know kind of a a different look to the garden and I think I think that's I think people are gardeners are more are waking up more to that that you know it's not just the summer you know like if like if you can't have colour in the in in the summer then you may throw your hat at it altogether but like it's not just flowers like you know the leaves on trees and bark of like you plant a tree sometimes just for its bark you're not actually Mm. planting it for any any other reason and then I love shrubs and trees that have say two seasons interest so you can get something with which like um, a cherry blossom or something that has gorgeous you know obviously blossoms in spring and then in the autumn it'll, the leaves will turn a beautiful shade and you know acers are great for that as well you know the Japanese maples yes. um, but there's lots of things that have you know a, a spring interest and then sometimes they kind of fade into the background in the summer it's as if they they let the prima donnas you know some of the perennials take over mm. you know and roses and stuff like that and then when they fade then you're actually left with your kind of your the, the stalwart of the garden if you like so Sometimes some evergreens and just some deciduous shrubs and trees. And, you know, you do. I mean, it's like, listen, listen to me, sure. I'm like, I always think I have enough. And then I go out and I go, oh, look at that. Oh, I've never seen that before. <laughs> have to have. <laughs> we have a joke here. Cause I, I, my husband always says he never worries when I go shoe shopping. But if he, if he knows I'm going to the garden centre, he's like, I think they're closed today. I think they're closed. Isn't that? I'm just thinking that. I was just thinking of Mel DeMarcus in my head there and shoes no, when you were talking no. about the garden. But listen, I am, you've just wet my appetite. I have to go visit you. I really do. Sure. I promise uh, yeah. we'll do this. I'll be out here early in the new year and Louise will arrange that because I want to see what you're talking about for myself. Now, yeah. you're with me today for another reason. This is really important uh-huh. because I've invited you on to talk about it, your wonderful gardens and everything but you will are going to launch something with me today because yeah. you make Christmas puddings I most certainly do and I, I love them and I would it's a tradition I'd hate to see you know disappear um, and uh, I actually have an old recipe it's a little it's just a little booklet and every year I put up the, it's actually the same post every year because obviously we, we make them at this time and every time I put up a post on my particular Christmas pudding because it comes from an old stork margarine mm. kind of magazine thing. And everybody, it's, it's, it's more than just the Christmas pudding. It's the memories that it invokes. And I get so many messages from people going, oh, my mother made this pudding and I used to make it with her and we used to all have to have a stir. You know, all the little kind yes. of traditions that build up. 
So um, it's a it's a big thing, and um, it just links you to the past as well as being delicious. I mean, they're absolutely gorgeous. Mm. You know, have you I made remember, already? Oh gosh, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. How many have you made? Well, I made. I made um, two for ourselves, even though I'll end up giving one to my sister, and then two for um, my sister-in-laws. So four, four this year. That's I made six last year, but I, yes. I, I decided I'd cool me jets this year. <laughs> <laughs> and the, how long are they made? When did you make them? Last month. All oh, right. Last so month. you're giving them time to to nicely mature. And do you re do you reheat them? You know, nearer the Christmas. So you know the way some people well, give them. Yeah, that's that's funny because uh, we we I generally host Christmas here, and we could any, have anywhere between twelve and fifteen. And half of them want cold Christmas pudding, and half of them want hot Christmas pudding. So I don't actually reheat it. Um, the people who want it hot. Um, and I'm sorry if this sounds sacrilegious, but we have to move at the time. Literally 30 seconds in the microwave, and <laughs> yes. it's hot. It's you done. Know, the individual slice. It's done. Then, it's done. Yeah, and then you can put your rum butter or your brandy butter or your fresh cream or your custard or whatever it is you're having with it. And um, I do a couple of variations on it too. Mm. Um, for people who don't like Christmas pudding, um, I get all the fruit and I put it into a jam jar and I cover it with sherry. Um, it's a Pedro him it's very posh um, it's in one of the Christmas cookbooks and then you put those in, that in a jar and then if you like um, instead of Christmas pudding you put that over ice cream and it's delicious oh, <laughs> you yeah. really oh, have yeah. Christmas sussed may I say <laughs> yeah. Rosie but anyway you have your four, four done and you oh, follow yeah. that uh, ancient uh, I'm not saying that in any disrespect yeah. way but it is an old stock yeah. recipe and you yeah. and people love that recipe and you love they it it's your favourite it. Uh, it's my favourite. I never, I mean, I deviate a little bit and that's the wonderful thing because everybody who responds says, oh, I do the same, but um, I put an apple in because, you know, my mummy always put an, an apple in and I actually put a, a carrot in because my mother's uh, friend and neighbour, we called it, we all called her Granny Carey, even though she wasn't my granny, and Granny Carey always used to put in a grated carrot to keep it moist. So I still, and every Christmas it reminds me of her, you know, even though she's she's gone a long time, but mm. there's little. And so a lot is tied up in the Christmas pudding, it you is. know. It and is. it's licensed for me to, to put on the Santi music in October, you know, <laughs> before <laughs> Halloween, which is not allowed here. My son frowns on that. Have you your tree up? Have you your no, tree up? No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't put it up until December. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Your, yeah. your, your tradition st- yeah. is is alive <laughs> and well in Slain in uh, the uh, Insomnia Gardeners uh, house, and that's really good to hear. Look, I, 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 you're with me today, and I want to say now, today on the show, Rosie May has officially launched on late lunch for the 14th year. We are in, we're going into our 15th year next year, and we've done it every year. The best Christmas pudding in the Northeast competition. So you're on your starter's orders, and some have them made, and I know some have made them last weekend and this weekend. Anyway, we'll tell you more about it, but we want you to send in samples of your puds. Some people send us in little puds and big puds and whatever. But anyway, it's on again this year. There's a lovely prize, massive hamper for the winner. So you're on starter's orders now, folks. It's launched today by Rosie May, the Insomniac Garden on late lunch. Christmas pudding, best Christmas pudding in the Northeast 2022 is open so we'll tell you more as we move through the weeks to Christmas listen you're great I love talking to you I could keep you on all afternoon but I will be back to you I promise thanks very much Rosie thank you you for joining me on the show take care now bye 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 that's the wonderful Rosie May check out that woman's website you'll be enthralled it's the insomnia gardener have a look at it I promise you you'll love it
Rihanna and stay on your late lunch. And thank you for staying with us on Late Lunch here on LMFM Radio. Welcome to the show. If you're just joining us, I was in the Phoenix Park last night. I actually was in Farmley House because my good friend Mike Bond, the famous photographer, he's 80 this year. I put out a documentary about him on October Bank Holiday. He's a fascinating man. He launched his retrospective of his photographic work. Folks, it's simply spectacular. I mean that. It's spectacular. So it runs on from now until next March. If you're in the Phoenix Park, if you're up that direction, go to Farmley and visit the exhibition. It is simply tremendous. And congratulations to him on his five decades of work uh, since he moved to Ireland here in the late 60s. Fantastic indeed. The McCaffreys are on the line. Mum, Georgina and daughter, Sophia. Who, who's on the on the phone to me at the minute? Is it Sophia or Georgina? Oh, you've got the mum, Georgina. Is she beside you there? She is. She's literally just calling. Oh, no. It won't ring for you. No, that, that's OK. <laughs> Do, would you pass your phone to her for a second? I'll come back to you, Georgina, in a moment. Yeah, no worries. Oh. Grace. Hello. Hi, Sophia. How are you? I am very well. How are you? I'm great. You were in hospital recently. Tell me about that. Um, yes, I was in hospital recently. I wasn't feeling the best. I was sick for 40 days. Really? And how long did you spend in hospital? 10 days. And are you okay now? Yes, I'm very well now. Good on you. And while you were there, you started thinking about something. Tell me what you were thinking about. Uh, I started thinking about cutting my hair for a, um, cutting my hair for a charity, an animal sanctuary actually called Back into Daylight. You volunteered there. Um, n- not necessarily volunteer. Right. Uh, I did go up recently to go look and say hi to all the animals. Okay, so you like the place, you really do, and you like what they do there. Yes, so I really like what they do there, but my mum volunteers there. Okay, so I see your mum is the volunteer and you've been up there recently, so you want to support your mum and back into daylight, which is near Navin. Yes. Good on you. Now, tell me about your hair. How long is it, roughly? Um, around... 42 inches, what um, is Well, I'm looking to get 42 inches cut. Oh, that's what you're taking off. Yes. Oh, Sophia, and tell us this. It's obviously lovely and long. Have you ever done anything like this before to cut it so short? Um, I have never actually cut my hair. I've only ever had a little trim done at the tips, but that's always been... Um, what I've done with my hair. This is radical. You know what I'm saying? This is 42 inches. It's nearly four feet of hair. You're going to get cut. When? Tomorrow, is it? Yes. And besides raising the money with getting the hair cut for the wonderful Back Into Daylight, what's going to happen to the hair that's cut off? Um, My hair is going to be sent to Little Princess Trust. Right. And that is a wonderful charity too. So listen, you're helping two causes, Sophia. Yes. Good on you. you, Have you any second thoughts at this stage? Are you getting any cold feet? Do you want to keep the hair on in this cold weather? Or is the decision made? No turning back now. 
Uh, well, I am very excited for tomorrow, and I know that it will be very freeing, and my head will feel a lot lighter. It certainly will. Well, I can tell you about light head because I have very little hair, to be honest with myself. I've never experienced that length of hair. Oh, you're so good. And you have a GoFundMe page set up, haven't you? And there's money flying in. I see that. Yes, I have a GoFundMe page set up and I also have a Facebook fundraiser set up. And it's called Help Sophia uh, Raise Funds for the Animals. Yes. Okay, so you can check that out, folks, on GoFundMe.com or on Facebook as well and contribute. And every penny you raise with the haircut for Back Into Daylight is going to help them, uh, you know, feed and look after. How many animals have they there, Sophia? Uh, Roughly around 500. Wow. And that's chickens, goats, pigs, cats, ducks, geese, dogs, pigeons and many more besides. They have an awful lot of creatures, haven't they? Yes, uh, they are also a non-profit animal sanctuary, so they rely on donations and fundraisers just like this one. Well, your fundraiser is going to bring in a lot of money and be significant, and I know how much they appreciate it. You're a first-year student, I know, in school, we're in trim. Uh, what about your friends? What are they saying about this? Um, well, my friend is actually very, very happy for me. Good. Um, she says that I'm going to be famous and she wants my first autograph. <laughs> your friend, your close friend you're talking about there is very clever and she's absolutely right. They will be looking for your autograph after you do this tomorrow. Where are you going to have the hair cut? Um, I am going to have my hair cut on the site at the Animal Sanctuary. And who's doing it? Um sure. We're not sure at the moment. We're trying to look for a hairdresser because the other one pulled out at the last minute. Well, now, here we are on late lunch today. Anybody out there in the haircutting business can organise, please, somebody to go along tomorrow just for a short space of time. What time are you hoping to do it at? Um, Around two. Around two o'clock in the afternoon. Is there a hairdresser out there in the Navin area, the Meath area, even in Loud, that can go along and help this young lady fulfil a promise she's made by taking off her hair? Please, is there somebody out there can help us? Give us a shout if you can. 086-1800-658 if you're listening today. Or you can call in. Karen's on the phones. 0419832000. I have an offer already. It's just come in. I have a hairdresser for you. It's just come straight into me as I mention it. There's a lady has offered a hairdresser to cut your hair. Oh, <laughs> I'm very happy about that. It's um, it's Hester McKenna. Hester McKenna has come on to me straight away. She's a hairdresser. She's going to be there tomorrow to cut your hair. Oh, thank you. Isn't that just and magical? Just while I'm here on the radio now, I would like to thank everyone that has supported me and donated to my very nice course. Ah, oh, you're such a lovely young woman. You really are. And what you're doing is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Put me on to your mammy there for a moment before we, we wind up, would you please, Sophia? Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Not at all. Hello? Georgina. Hi. You have one wonderful daughter. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> you have. We have the hairdresser. Is that okay? I'll put you in touch with Hester. As soon as we're finished here, Louise will get the details and pass it on to you. She's going to cut the hair tomorrow. How about That's that? That's amazing. I think Sophie was worried that I'd have to do it. No, you won't have to do it. <laughs> and she shouldn't worry. But it's nice to get a professional too. So Hester will be there tomorrow to cut the hair. Is that okay? Oh, that's wonderful. That's just Thank ha- you, Hester. <laughs> and just, what a what, fantastic, aren't, you, aren't people just great? The good in people. Anyway, you volunteer this place. You've a lot of animals, haven't you? There is a lot of animals, yeah. Mm. And they're all beautiful and they're all unique and individual. Yes, and you, just to, to say as well, there's yourself, your son Ted, your husband, and you, you've changed the way you, you, you live as well. Tell us about this, uh, this veganism that's, uh, that, that you're, you're, you're all living now. Are you all turned vegan? Yes, all, all four of us. Um, well, as we know, all over the COVID period, it was, um, it was very, uh, you know, mm. touch and go. It was hard and a lot of people... And we just started educating ourselves about zootonic diseases and, you know, the food shortages and the environmental um, impact of animal agriculture. And um, we just felt we didn't want to participate anymore. We can be very happy and healthy without using other sentient animals. You know, we don't Mm. need their skins anymore. We can make other things. You know, there's so much that we can use. And I've personally never been healthier. I mean, I went for the animals. We all did. But since then, our health has improved uh, greatly, I would say. So it it turned out to be a win-win for them and for us. And and you're not, yeah, and you're not missing. You tell me, you're not missing meat or any animal foods at all, and you're getting on great. Fair juice to you, and it's a big change to make, and for the children and you all to buy into it is uh, really admirable. I have to say. Well, tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day. This money will go to a really good cause, and uh, the hair, which is removed, that's a lot of hair, forty-two inches, going to the Little Princess Trust as well. uh, A double, as I say there. It, oh, definitely. Yeah, fantastic. You're great, honestly. And uh, uh, the money's again, all money's raised, going to a non-profit organisation back into daylight just outside Navin in County Mead. Help Sophia raise funds for the animals on GoFundMe.com or Facebook. Check it out. If you can throw in a few euro, it'll all go directly to the charity. I wish you well tomorrow. Thank you both for joining Thank me on the show. Much. Good luck to you. Bye. Thank you. Bye, 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 Sophia. That's Sophia and Georgina McCaffrey there. The power of radio. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Today's comedy comes to us from Sindhu V. She's brilliant. She's a mom in her 50s with three children, so she knows all about parenting. You know, when I found out that I was going to do this gig, I immediately put together a message and I pinged it out on our family WhatsApp group to my husband and my children because that is the kind of rock and roll comic I am. And my son, my teenage son wrote back to me at once and his message said, thug life chose you, brah. And I was like, oh shit, my child has joined a gang. I mean, (laughs) what kind of language is this? Thug and bra, it had two R's, but he's a terrible speller. And I was like, oh no. And the other thing is I thought, this message is not for me. 
this idiot has sent me a message by mistake which is for a gang member <laughs> what if the next message is something much worse and that really bothered me because well this was my moment i am going to apollo like if i'm going to find out you're a criminal can we do it next month <laughs> so i wrote back to him in all caps because as a good indian mother i mainly shout at my children <laughs> i wrote back this is your mum and he wrote back i know gigging like a boss <laughs> thank you <laughs> a boss um yeah b a w s e boss um and and also please do remember as you listen to the rest of my set this evening that i didn't choose it but the thug life chose me <laughs> that's right so i have kids of course you love your kids and it's difficult to raise them small kids are very easy i find the biggest downside of having a very small child is they are very boring <laughs> yeah they want to show you they love you by talking to you all the time but everything they know you already know <laughs> i mean literally zero value add in any of those conversations <laughs> but you do it anyway cuz they're your kids you know and you know what people say small kids small problems big kids bigger problems and the reason is that as your kids get older you have to discipline them properly and i find this very stressful because i'm born and raised in india so what i consider robust healthy high quality parental discipline <laughs> is frowned upon in this part of the world that's not true it's illegal <laughs> i know because i have checked and i want to have really well behaved kids but that is no use to me if i am in jail so <laughs> i have to learn what you guys do here and the big thing here is teach your kids about action and consequence using a multitude of techniques so you have something called star chart you know what star chart is yeah no let me tell you sir star chart is you find something vaguely not negative that your child possibly might be able to do and then work it into the conversation and give them a star thank you for not kicking me in the face today here's a star <laughs> and then the other one action and consequence naughty step you've been terribly behaved kindly go relax on the staircase like i cannot get on board with this so what do we have from my culture that i can somehow glom onto this so it makes sense to me and it was working so well for me with my first born until when he was about 7 i got a phone call from his school <laughs> and the teacher said could you and your husband please come in your son has some very specific anxieties <laughs> so i went i went i didn't take my husband my husband is danish which is to say there is zero overlap in our parenting techniques <laughs> yeah danes my husband's entire parenting repertoire is darling please be very 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 happy here is some lego 
so I went. And the teacher said, we don't understand, he's a great boy, great kid, but every time we give him back homework and he hasn't got full marks, he says, I don't want to go home, I think my mother might be dead. <laughs> and on the inside, I was like, yes. What a good boy, he's been listening. My son. But on the outside, I was like, what? <gasps> no, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't imagine. Well, what can I say? Danes are very bleak. <laughs> oh, she's simply brilliant. Sindhu V, she has it sussed when it comes to parenting your comedy on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Let's reprise our TV theme. It's not grandstand, it's not world of sport, it's not on the ball, it's not Italian 90, it's not ITV Sport with Jimmy Greaves, so a selection of the incorrect answers we got this afternoon, but it is the big match with Brian Moore every Sunday afternoon on ITV when Drogheda weren't playing at home in the stadium, me mammy used to put me Sunday roast dinner up in front of me with me cold glass of milk and I'd settle in to watch the big match. Memories, memories indeed. Carl Mulroy, hello Carl, and to everybody in Wesco this afternoon, the wee prize is yours. We'll be in touch and make the arrangements. Thanks to everybody who entered today, but it was the big match. And Carl on the ball, I'm sure he watched it like myself on the Sunday afternoons. Great Tottenham Hotspur fanny is. Just remind them that Arsenal... Five points clear at the top of the table for Christmas. Thank God Christmas came early, Carl. It's a long old run. You never know what'll happen between now and the end of the year. Now, at this time on Late Lunch, we round off this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. It is Mr Elvis Presley. If the 60s were his halcyon days musically, his personal life also blossomed. He married Priscilla Bewley in 1967 and welcomed his only child, Lisa Marie, in 1968. However, the nature of the business saw their relationship hit the rocks. His career, lifestyle not being round uh, and you know it just all took its toll and eventually in 1972 they parted ways they divorced girlfriends for Elvis came and went subsequently but his health began to decline as he piled on the weight and became dependent on prescription drugs he continued to perform to record and tour extensively but as the years went by his voice and ability to deliver a whole concert deteriorated alarmingly until on Tuesday a famous day August the 16th 1977 he was due that day to head off on another extensive tour but he was found unresponsive in the bathroom of his Graceland mansion he was pronounced dead at 3.30 in the afternoon and the world was desolate it was really a shock to his fans right around the world who mourned the passing of the king and he was only 42 what could he have done well then we'll never know will we it was initially attributed to heart failure but subsequently not surprisingly a significant presence of drugs in his system 
was revealed. Though buried with his mother in Memphis Forest Hill Cemetery, both had to be exhumed very soon afterwards and reinterred in Graceland's because, you see, there was an attempt to steal his body. It was foiled, but it forced the relocation of his and his mum's remains. One of the greatest singers and performers of all time left us all too soon, but we have his incredible repertoire to remind us of his brilliance. And I run off a week of Elvis today with this one. And I want to dedicate it to Eileen McHugh, who will be 91 on Sunday. Happy birthday, Eileen. Here is Mr Elvis Presley and a very appropriate song for you from your family and friends. When no one else can understand me When everything I Give me strength to carry on Mr. Elvis Presley, my artist of the week this week, simply sensational. He just changed the world completely, didn't he? He really, really did. Fantastic indeed. And again, I dedicate that one to Eileen McHugh, who's 91 on Sunday. That comes in from John and all the family. Have a great day, Eileen. And uh, next week, I'll bring you another artist of the week. Oh, they're getting thin on the ground now, but I'll dig up somebody for you, I promise you. Up next on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon, it's Sport with Louise. It's Sport with Louise, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. It's Sport with Louise, but not as we know it. It's Sport with Louise. Yes, she's had to stand in. Fill big boots again this week. I'm not week. coming in on Fridays anymore, Dave. Sheehan's <laughs> doing this on purpose. Your fan I'm club. I'm giving myself the red card. Your adoring fan club are waiting with one. bated breath. Let, let me remind <laughs> listeners that last week... You almost had 100%. You predicted the soccer and all the GAA and the rugby correct. Only one mishap and we felt so sorry for them. Screen ladies lost. But all your other predictions came through. So I don't know what you're worried about or talking red or yellow cards. None of that nonsense at all. You know your stuff, young woman. You really do. So let's begin today with GAA (laughs) and (laughs) Saturday. There are three games on tomorrow, Saturday, and they're all featured here, reminding everybody on LMFM Radio. There are two on at one o'clock. Let's begin with the Leinster Intermediate Club Championship semi-final uh, sorry, the junior. Let's begin with the junior. Castletown, the Mead Junior Champions, are in Dr. Cullen Park and Carlo to take on Clonmore. Now, Carlo, Louise, just for your prediction, it's a tough old spot to go, but Castletown, you know, semi-final, the final is imminent if they win this one. What do you think? Clonmore, Castletown, who are you going with? Castletown, of course. She's so loyal mm. to the Mead teams. And I know Davy Rispin will be there for the live commentary on LMFM. Yes. <laughs> the only thing I could find online. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Castletown you're going for to win in Carlo. It's going to be a yeah. tough one. I hope they do. So Louise is going for Castletown tomorrow to beat Clan Moore. At one o'clock, same time, in Park Talton, the headquarters of GAA in County Mead, Dunshockland, the intermediate champions, are taking on Cooley Kickhams from Loud. So it's a big local derby, Louise. Now, Louise, you're living, you're living. 
living in the I loud. Know, I know, You're I'm from in the two Mead, camps. So what, what were you going to swing here from the loud side, Cooley, <sighs> or Dunchoklin? I have to say to you, I'll give you a little bit of insight here. I saw Dunchoklin beat uh, Dulik in the intermediate final. Oh, I was yes. there and they were outstanding. They are favourites. Oh, the I know big that. team. They're but a big team. Of the seven championships games, Cooley Kickhams have played so far. Mm. They've kept their opponents goalless in six. Oh, you do your research. <laughs> so there you are. So are you, are you edging towards Cooley? Uh, do you know what? I'm after picking a mead the last time, so I'll go with I'll go with Cooley kicking okay, this time. Okay, you're going with Cooley. I'm mm, going to go sorry, with Dunshaughlin. I think Dunshaughlin will win it. But anyway, our, our guest uh, analyst, Miss Louise Walsh, is going with Cooley. And then Croke Park, quarter past five tomorrow evening, Senior Football Club Championship, Leinster semi-final, Rathod from Mead up against the Downs from Westmead. Or a tote. That's it. Simple as that. She doesn't even <laughs> not didn't even blink an eye there. Don't even know. It, only for you said Westmead. It's, it's, it's retote all the way there. So yes. that's your selections in GAA for the weekend. Now we're moving to soccer. Premier League, as you said last week, you knew this is off until uh, Stevens's day. The World Cup begins in Qatar on Sunday and the first game is between Qatar and Ecuador and then the games move into full swing from next Monday at uh, lunchtime. Qatar so, is the third lowest world ranking. So would that be a game to watch Qatar and Ecuador? Do you know? Oh, they're, they're, they have a low world ranking, yeah. Do the, they have a chant? Uh, uh, who? Qatar? Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say to me, have they a chance? You want to know, no, have a they chant. a chant? Yeah. All football teams have their own little chant, don't they? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> we'll have to be listening in to the, the stand. It's probably Peters and Lee. Welcome home. <laughs> <laughs> to the World Cup or something like that. Guitar from afar. Guitar from afar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, there are, you know, the, what will happen is, you understand this, there are four teams in every group, they play each other and then the top two in each group go into the quarter, to the last 16, then it goes 16-8-4-2 and the ultimate winners. Now, we and you and I are going to pick two countries each and follow <laughs> through the World Cup, okay? Okay. So, I have given you a list of the countries that would be it would be expected the winners would come from. So you have the favourites for the tournament, I want to tell you, are Brazil. The second favourites are Argentina. And France are third favourites. They won it last time. So France are going to win two World Cups in a row if they win this one. And I've included the likes of Germany, England, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, Holland and Croatia. I think after that you can forget about it. Nobody else is going to win it from the rest of them. So... I'm giving you the first pick today from the big countries there. Who are you going to pick as your first side? Argentina. Damn you, anyway. <laughs> anyway. And I picked them because okay. I have a sister called Martina. And when okay. and years ago, we used to always say, don't cry for me, our Martina. <laughs> <laughs> I love the logic. Your logic is outstanding. I, know, I, yeah. I, I just have to say, <laughs> I have never come across logic like it. So Louise has gone for Lionel Messi and Argentina as our first pick. Can I have the second pick? Mm-hmm. Well right, if you pick Argentina, I may go for Brazil. Okay, so I'm going to go for Brazil because they're South American as well mm-hmm. and they'll be in the record. So, now it looks like we're over to Europe. Who are you going to select as your second team? I'll go Holland. Will you? Yeah. 
God, that's Why? a surprise. Oh no, you're right. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Holland have never won the World Cup. They not. They've been beaten in two finals. Okay. Uh, but why not? Why not, yeah. Louise? You the know, sauce that came to y- mind. Yeah. Uh, the Wednesday Club. <laughs> Jerry Healy picked Holland in the Wednesday Club, and Jerry Healy in the Wednesday Club knows his football more than any of us. He went for Holland. I don't know whether you had that inside information. I don't think so. But anyway, so now I have to pick somebody. I've backed France to retain the title, but. I'll go with an outsider like yourself. I'm going to go with Portugal. All right. Okay. I'm going to go with Portugal as an outsider. So for the duration of the World Cup, Louise will be cheering for Argentina and Holland. And I will be following Brazil and Portugal for the tournament. You better tell me when they're playing. (laughs) No, we'll know. Listen, the schedule. I have have the schedule every day and we'll keep an eye on them. You know what I mean? When they're Mm -hmm. playing. And did you know that it's the first World Cup without the Queen? Really? Yeah. And it's obviously the first Winter World Cup. Okay. Was the Queen born in the 30s? She must have been sure. Was mm. she? Well, she was 90 odd when she yeah, died, the first wasn't World she? Cup was in the 98? 30s, I think, anyway. The, mm. Is that true? Did you pick that up somewhere? I picked that up, yeah. And it's the shortest World Cup. It's only 28 days. Yeah, well, I think it's to do with the break in the seasons. You know, the break in the mm. big European leagues to stage the World Cup. Now, and there's, there's female refs. There are. Mm. There are, in which Qatar. is great to see. <laughs> in Qatar. Don't Rhymes. cry for me, our Martina. Huh? <laughs> I, I love the ring of that. I think there's there's a gnomon in that somewhere. Oh, I think now the, the, the I think Brazil are going to be deposed and, as favourites. Go and on. Here's an interesting one. There's an Argentine Argentinian ref. Yeah. And seemingly the last time he kind of refed a big game, he gave out ten red cards. <laughs> He did. <laughs> he did. Actually, he, he, he red carded. Te- that's right. In a, a, they a, like giving out red cards, don't they? Oh, the there, was, there was ructions. Yeah. So I don't think he'll be giving out that many in guitar. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be on the next boat home. That's for sure. Anyway, there you have it. Louise's preview of the weekend GA action and her picks for the World Cup. We will be following those sides, despite all the controversy surrounding the tournament. Anyway, go all begins on Sunday and runs then, as Louise says, for 28 days just lap till before the Christmas and we'll be keeping a good eye on it thank you indeed for your predictions the weekend we'll all be watching them to see how you do this week having had an impeccable record last weekend anyway that's a lot on late lunch for another week Louise thanks for everything really do appreciate everything you do for us thanks a million want to say a big thank you to our listeners who are joining us every day fantastic people and to our guests through the week I really enjoyed all their company and thanks for everything they give to this wonderful show. Eddie's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Have a lovely weekend. Take care of yourselves and do come back and join us on Monday for a brand new week of Late Lunch from 1.30. Take care. Bye. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.